We've seen guys go out who, you know, were rock stars in the context where they were in the Bible college or whatever. They're very gifted teachers. And, oh man, that's fantastic. But then they, they go out to, to Plants Church and they really kind of approach some of these things as an afterthought. And man, that, that can really cause you trouble. So that's the idea of this ministry training is to be able to say, okay, look, get, a, get an appreciation for what the systems and, and structure is, why system and structure, and then, okay, take that into the vision and the context to where, you know, you're going. Welcome to the CGN Mission and Methods Podcast, Season 4. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I will be your host this season. The goal and vision of this podcast is that it would be a forum for communication about Calvary Global Network. We want to share with you some of the stories about what God is doing. We want to talk about some of the initiatives we're involved in spearheading, and we want to answer the questions you might have about who we are as a network. In this episode, we speak with Ted Leavenworth. Ted is the lead pastor of Reliance Church in Temecula, California. In addition to pastoring Reliance, Ted also leads the care and coaching team for CGN. In this episode, Ted discusses the benefits of coaching and church assessment. He describes how their team is able to help provide support for leaders and also practical training to upskill those who desire coaching from other leaders with more experience. Prior to planting Reliance Church, Ted worked as a paramedic and was the founder and executive pastor of a large church in Menifee, California. He shares how those experiences in other roles shaped his approach to ministry today. Here's the episode. Welcome to the CGN Mission and Methods podcast. My name is Nick Cady. I'm joined today by Pastor Brian Broderson and our friend Ted Leavenworth. Hey, Ted. Hey, how's it going? What we're doing on this season of Mission and Methods is we are getting to know the members of the executive team. Ted, you're a member of the team. And uh, Brian, maybe just share a moment from your heart about why we're doing that. Yeah. Well, you know, we'd, we'd kind of just like our, our audience, our friends to know us a little bit better. I think there's been, in, in the past, there's been a bit of an assumption that there was just sort of maybe one mind behind everything that was happening here. And that is not the case. And we've got such a great diversity of, you know, life and ministry experience with the guys on the executive team. And I think you're just going to get a more well-rounded perspective on just who we are as a network. Awesome. Ted, welcome. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you serve, and how God's brought you to this place where you're at in life and ministry. Yeah. Well, I pastor Reliance Church in Temecula, California. We're uh, going on 16 years. Prior to that, I had planted and served as the executive pastor of Revival Christian Fellowship in Menifee. And uh, yeah, so altogether, I've been in pastoral ministry for 30 years. And uh, it's funny, I, I actually, I, I started my first church out of necessity. My wife and I lived in a, a small town at the time. It was a small town. Now it's over a hundred thousand people, but at the time it was 6,500 people maybe, and really no healthy churches. And uh, so fun fact, I started at Calvary Chapel having never attended Calvary Chapel in my life. Well, wow, So why <laughs> did you do that? 
Because Calvary Chapel had a reputation of teaching exegetically through the scriptures. Well, my question is actually, who let you do that? Right. <laughs> well, they didn't almost let us do that. That was that was funny. That's a whole nother story. But you no, know, we started a Bible study in our living room. I was a baby Christian. I had no business planting a church at all. But I knew that we needed Jesus, and I knew that I needed the Bible, and I knew that that wasn't available in our hometown. So I started a Bible study in my home. And I put our name on the pastor's wanted list at Costa Mesa, which was a thing back then. And so we, we had probably two or three weeks of Bible study in my home with, there were six of us at the time, counting my wife and myself. And we had a pastor named Daryl Rose show up and he was a senior pastor of a Calvary Chapel in Pacific Beach at the time. And he was getting ready to turn his church over to his assistant pastor and so he came and led our Bible study, and he was a church planter. He knew what he was doing, and he walked us through the steps of what would be required to, to start a church. And, and so we just watched that home Bible study grow and grow, and pretty soon people were sitting all the way up my stairway, and we started Sunday morning services. We had 120-ish people show up to our first service. Somebody actually gave their life to the Lord at the very first service. And we had a video camera set up in the back to record it. We all did the church service, and then we all came back to the house, and then we watched it over again and cheering as the hand came up in the frame. And it was just, you know, great time. You know, that's really amazing because, like, if, Nick, you know, let's just say you and I were leading a church planting movement and Ted came and said, Hey, I, I got this idea. I want to do a church and I, I'm going to do it in my living room. I, I've only been a Christian a, a short amount of time. I don't really know much about the Bible. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, and I've never <laughs> been to one of your churches before. <laughs> right. Yeah, we would have said, well, maybe not. But my, yeah. my whole point in bringing this up is, you know, I mean, we're obviously into being strategic and we're obviously being into being prepared and all of that. We've learned all that stuff over the years, right? But I think we always have to be careful not to dismiss the, the possibility that God might just do something so far out of the box that you're like, wow, you know, because I can think of literally dozens of stories just like the one Ted just told us <laughs> wow. and not just in lo like a local church setting, but I can think of, of things like that in the context of, a, of countries. And just a quick word on Ukraine. I mean, when George Markey raised his hand to go to Ukraine and church plant, I was one of the guys that said, absolutely not. Really? <laughs> this is not a good idea. Little wow. did I know that he was God's man. He was like an apostle. He wasn't just going to plant a church. He was going to plant a bunch of churches. So, yeah. yeah. So all that to say, Man, the Lord just never ceases to amaze us at the things he does. Well, it was pretty crazy because, like I said, I had no business starting a church. I, I was a baby Christian, but we did start the Bible study. And within weeks, we had a, a you know, a legit seasoned, trained pastor mm -hmm. who came and took yeah. over the, the. Yeah, but somehow you just had it, you know, in your head to do that. And yeah. obviously the Lord put that thought there. Right. With a plan. It was incredible. I mean, you know, it was, there were six of us when we started it. And, and when I left in 2007, which was 15 years later to plant Reliance Church that I now pastor, 
there was 6,500 of us there. Yeah. Yeah. So the spirit of God just moved and worked. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. So tell us a little bit about that journey of planting a church. Well, the, it, it came out of the blue. I was very content in my role at Revival. I had become the executive pastor and I thought I would be there the rest of my life. I was very content in my role. And God spoke to me out of a clear blue sky and told me that he wanted me to, to leave. And he didn't even tell me what he wanted me to do or where he wanted me to go. It was just, it's time for you to go. And so I, after lots of prayer and fasting and talking to my wife and talking to my pastor and talking to the board, I launched out on a venture of faith to plant the church. And, you know, I grew up in Calvary Chapel. It's what I know. So when you're leaving a church, there's a right way to leave and there's a wrong way to leave. And I wanted to be the guy that left the right way. So where do I have your blessing to go and that kind of thing. And they were very gracious to me, encouraged me and what God had called me to do. And so we we went, we were living in Temecula, which was 25 miles from, from Menifee, where our church was. And we started a home Bible study again, a handful of people, and just see what God would do. Yeah. What, what year was that? That was in 2007, the second one. First one was in 1992, and the second wow. one is 2007. It's great. And, and, you know, you started off with a half a dozen people and... You've got a few more people than that now. Yeah, we're about 2,500 people, I yeah. would say. Something yeah, like that. that's great. So I know that prior to being a pastor, you had another career. Right. Maybe tell us about that. But I'm also kind of curious if there are any skills or experiences you gained from your time doing that career that have been useful to you as a pastor. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was a paramedic firefighter with the Riverside County Fire Department. And so a lot of leadership and organizational skills that you acquire in that line of work. And obviously just the way that God wires you, there's a certain personality and gift mixture that goes into choosing that path, I guess, as a career. So yeah, that, that informed a lot of what I did. And then, you know, growing up in a church that starts as six people and grows to 6,500 people, you learn a lot along the way. And so, so that was, that was very helpful as well. Yeah, tell me about being an executive pastor. I'm, okay. I'm sure that's, for some people, it might be, here's what I've noticed, that people have different like ideas or concepts of what an executive pastor is and does. Right. Tell us a little bit about that role, why you think it's important, what you learned in it. Well, I mean, it's uh, it means different things to different people. I think that in my context, the senior pastor determines what the role of the executive pastor is going to be. The way my senior pastor was wired was that he had vision for days and he wanted to preach and that's all he wanted to do. And he wanted me to do everything else, which was fine because I wanted to do everything else. So, so I, you know, he left the hiring to me, firing to me, the, you know, organizing of pretty much everything, you know, to me to do. He was very good about saying what he wanted, where he wanted things to go. And as I said, he had vision. So, so it was a really good match. So yeah, the in my context, the role of an executive pastor was was to run everything. Was it hard for you to make that shift then later to being the senior pastor and then maybe even having an executive pastor? Well, it was hard, but it wasn't hard for the reasons you might think. What was hard for me, and this is a very, very long story, so I'll, I'll spare you the details, but when I went out to plant my church, it was it was the hardest 18 months of my life. 
And the reason it was the hardest 18 months of my life was because God was, was breaking me. And I had, I had a lot of pride that I was dealing with and I was oblivious to it. My wife was not, she was telling me that I was very prideful and needed to deal with that. <laughs> they, the, the, the women seem to have the, the pride meter yeah. <laughs> uh, built in. <laughs> they, they detect it. <laughs> yeah. She saw me coming a mile away. She's usually right. So yeah, the, the Lord was breaking me and I was oblivious to it. So it was very, very difficult when I went through that. But as far as, you know, I, I had an opportunity in, you know, in a larger church and you're serving as the executive pastor. I had a lot of opportunities to teach and to you know, preach on Sundays, midweek services and things like that. So, so the, the preaching part wasn't difficult for me and that was, that, that wasn't hard. Once I was able, the first person that I hired, knowing the way that I was wired, the first person at the church that I hired was not myself. I took a construction job and was working construction to, to be able to do this second church plant. But I hired an administrator because I knew that I couldn't function the way I needed to function if I were doing all those things. So that helped me to be able to navigate. And then that way I could, from you know, a 30,000 foot view, so to speak, I could be able to work through my administrator and then not have to get caught up in the minutia of, of all the, the things that could swallow you up mm -hmm. in, in that. So, Well, I know, Ted, just from knowing you personally, I, we met a few years ago, and I think some of our first conversations were around the idea of like managing a church size, needs, dynamics, all of those things. And since that time, you've been kind of the guy that I've called up when I said, hey, I've got a question about this. I've never done this in my church before, whether it's, you know, even thinking through service times, thinking through when to go to another service, right. kind of the coaching part of, of the relationship regarding like being a pastor and things like that. So that brings us to your role with CGN. Right. And so tell us about what that is. Well, I'm privileged to head up a Karen coaching team and what we endeavor to do is come alongside pastors and their teams and help them with either the the role for themselves being a pastor is a very lonely job and it's pretty it can be overwhelming and so we want to be able to come alongside pastors and foster those relationships we want to be able to help people think through um, change through growth staffing issues systems and structures policies all of those some of the boring details of ministry like what your board should look like or what your minutes should look or your, your bylaws should look like. Some of these things are like watching paint dry, but they can, they can cause you some real headaches and heartaches if, if you're not careful. So being able to foster those relationships and come alongside pastors and their teams to, to just care for them and equip them. That's pretty much what we're doing. Yeah. Can you tell us about some of the resources and things that you've created? Yeah. One of the things that we're doing is a leadership collective podcast and that I do Rob Salvato, myself, Nate Holdridge. Now we work on just covering the nuts and bolts of, of ministry, going through various subjects on that. We have an episode coming up that we're going to be recording in a couple of weeks with David Guzik and Nate and myself and Rob, we're going to look at sending and supporting considerations. When you're sending out a missionary, you're sending out someone to plant a church. What are some considerations in that? How do you send them? How do you support them? So it's just those nuts and bolt topics that, that you know, we try and 
and focus on. So the podcast is where we'll bring on different folks the, to discuss different angles of ministry. And the nature of the of that podcast is we want it to be more roundtable discussion oriented. It's not a question and answer. You know, when I go to a conference, one of the things that I lean into is when they have a panel discussion. And those are the things usually when I go to conferences that I that I glean the most from. So my vision for the podcast was that this is, hey, you're going to lunch with us. We're sitting down and and we're getting into the nitty gritty of some of these issues that, you know, we've wrestled with or, man, I've always wanted to, you know, to work through that. We had Wesley Town and Wayne Codero out and we're able to talk about burnout. It was one of our subjects, just as an example. So being able to to ask particular questions. And if, fun fact, on that episode, as we were going through it, and I was preparing for that podcast, I was reading through Wayne's book, Leading on Empty. And, uh, and I was about halfway through it, and I went, uh-oh, <laughs> and realized that I had been leading on empty. And so that became an impetus for me to say, I... I need to take a retreat, you know, and get away and do a sabbatical. So, so it's been, it's been beneficial for me as well. And then that prompted us subsequently to do an episode on sabbaticals. And uh, actually we taught at the conference last year, a workshop on sabbaticals. So, yeah, you know, I, my experience over the years is that there's no lack of need for people with experience to be available to to coach and, and to care for, you know, I, I think almost, almost everyone probably going into ministry, you know, just has a list of questions about a, a lot of times practical things. And then, and then of course, you're always going to run into the challenging things that are more sort of in the department of care where you need, you know, you need encouragement. Yeah. And I think, I always think of your, your colleague, Rob Salvato, you know, years ago, I, I sent Rob from Calvary Chapel Vista up to plant a church in Salem, Oregon. And Rob had been my high school pastor for a number of years. And I'd, I'd known Rob when he was actually a high schooler. So, you know, I'd known him from the time he was a teenager. And anyway, he was, he was probably up in Salem, might have been close to two years. And, you know, we, we would talk off and on and all of that and everything, everything always seemed to be kind of fine. And I got a call from him one night and it was basically just like, I'm done. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm finished. I, I'm quitting. I can't, you know, I just <laughs> I can't go on. And I, I literally just talked him off the ledge, you know, spent an hour on the phone with him. And, yeah. and even today he will talk about that moment, you know, where he was really in, in kind of a, a desperate place and really needing someone to to speak into his life encouragement because it was basically i as i remember it was just one of those kind of satanic sort of things you know just the mm -hmm. enemy really trying to take them out before they could really sink down their roots and uh, he persevered through it and uh, and god did a great thing and there's yeah. you know all these years later there's a great thriving church right. in salem and rob's back in Vista. Yeah. My friend Dave says, all Satan's got to do is get you to quit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Rob does talk about that. He's talked to me about that, that, yeah. that actually has informed part of our approach to care and coaching. Yeah. Your conversation with him, well, obviously it, it made all the difference in the world for yeah. his trajectory in ministry. 
and 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 guys need that and yeah. we so many of us who who are either pastoring churches or starting churches there's there's many that have a good network of support but then again there's many who don't yeah they don't know who to call or you know they they don't have those resources and that so that's what we're endeavoring to do is to provide those resources so that people can reach out and they can be able to make that connection and and and, and what do you, what do you find at this stage Ted cuz this is fairly new right oh yeah yeah and are you finding that are are guys seeking you out or is it just sort of word of mouth you know you might hear about somebody and you reach out to them how how are people connecting with you guys for either the care or the coaching yeah it's it's relationally driven as it yeah. always is you know and so we look for those opportunities to to be able to respond to people like you know if, if they'll contact us email or you know they'll call the church or whatever we'll we'll respond to them but the lion's share is that we'll have an occasion to be you know at an event somewhere and someone will say oh yeah i, I listened to the podcast and hey would you would you answer this question for me or if we're going out to an area and we know and hear of guys that are that are planting we'll reach out to them proactively and say hey i'm going to be out in that area do you want to get a cup of coffee? Can we talk? And that opens up that dialogue and that relationship. And so it it all stems from those those connected relationships. And and then we're seeing guests that we have on the podcast. They are establishing those relationships. So a lot of times we'll get phone calls from the different guys that have been on. Say, hey, I've got a guy that wants to talk to you. And you know, Nick, you you, you know you had reached out. Uh, called me. Hey, hey, you know, could we talk about what's going on here? And I'm yeah, that's that's great. I'd love to, you know. So yeah, it it's it's organic that way. And, and you know, there really there really is like the care, you know, that's kind of a an area where I just sort of do that on a personal level. But the coaching thing is is a real reality too. Right. Because just with practical things. And I I've had so many conversations with guys over the years that you know, they just had an idea about something that just wasn't quite right. And it wasn't a big deal, but it was big enough to kind of put a bit of a wrench in the thing they were trying to do. And, you know, you listen and suddenly you go, you know, hey, let's just tweak this right here. Right. If you just, you know, tighten this up or loosen this up, this could make all the difference in the world. And sure enough, that they just needed that sort of practical advice that would help them you know, maybe get over a hump or right. something like that. So I think I, I've said this, I think to Nick, I just think what you guys are doing there is really invaluable. I think it's fantastic. And I think it's a great, it's a great thing that we as a network have guys who have a lot of life and ministry experience to be available to, you know, young and old guys getting started. And, and sometimes it's guys who have been around for a long time and they're, you know, maybe they're feeling like, man, I just need to do something fresh and new. And so somebody has got an idea that is helpful. Yeah. I'm, I'm living proof of that. I, I didn't know anybody and I reached out and put my name on a pastor's wanted list and that, you know, Daryl Rose came out and, and, you know, so grateful to him to be able to, to help us and get us to where God wanted us to be. So I think this is something that, as you're mentioning with your experience with the pastor's wanted list and Brian, you're telling a story about Rob, 
I think this is something that's always been core to who we are, this very relational nature and that. But I think what we're doing that's unique and helpful is that we're making this more available to people mm-hmm. and we're not, it doesn't just have to be, well, I hope you know the right people. Right. And if you're not a good networker, well then bummer for you. Yeah. But what we're doing is we're getting out in front of it and saying, we're creating a team that's, you know, going to be real intentional about this. Right. And beyond the the podcast, that's a way for you to share ideas. But also if somebody's out there listening to this and they're like, you know what? I need that. I need right. care or I need coaching, then I would just encourage that person, contact CGN Central, if you will, right. go, like by emailing cgn at calvarychapel.com, and the team there will get you connected Absolutely. with the right people. It also kind of works really well with the system of local connectors. That mm-hmm. we, so that's another way you can do it. Because right. I'm just thinking through people thinking, well, what you're talking about sounds awesome, but I don't have your phone number. Checked. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And we have people, I was, you know, at the conference last year and we, and an announcement was made for those that were attending the conference that they could schedule appointments during the conference and they, they could, you know, talk to one of us. We, my whole team made themselves available. And then we have a network of, of resources as well. So, you know, one, just one example of many, I had somebody that I met with at the conference and they, they had administrative issues. And I said, you need to talk to my administrator and I put them in touch. I gave them my administrator's number and that began a multiple week back and forth conversation where, where my administrator is really able to help them out with some practical things. And the, my point is, is that we have, we have a network of, of resources like that available to them. Put another example, I put my children's ministry director in, in touch with, with somebody and they were able to have that ongoing conversation. So it's, and it's, it's not just me and it's just not just my team. It's, it's Rob Salvato and his team at Vista and it's and uh, Nate Holdridge and others that are available. And if we don't know, you know, if we, if we don't know what you're asking about, we know a subject matter expert who does, and we can put you in touch with them. So, yeah. And I think it's important to that, you know, you mentioned you yourself and Rob and, and Nate as kind of the team. But it, it's not limited to that, thank God. Oh, yeah, um, it was Minos on the team. Yeah, and and even beyond, you know, we're we're actually recording this sitting in Europe in a beautiful place in a chalet overlooking a lake in the Alps. But but I, I just spent two hours with a friend from Germany and talking to him about ministry and thinking, you know, like there's all kinds of guys across Europe who have all of these same types of questions. Right. And they're... It's not likely that they're going to reach out to, to Costa Mesa or to Temecula. You know, they need something. And like you said, Nick, this is where the connectors come into the picture because ideally the connector would be a person who could either give that kind of care and coaching or be able to connect you with somebody more locally that could do that. So, Yeah, and some of those really localized contexts like in Europe – it's going to be really helpful. And the great thing is, I mean, that's why we're a network. It's one of the benefits right. that we have people who are able to do that in different places. Right. And that, and, and amen to what you just said, Brian, because we, we have subject matter experts really globally and we, we can put you in touch with them. And so, um, you know, that that's the exciting thing that we get to enjoy. 
Yeah, and a related topic, Ted, you and I recently talked about this idea of like church assessment, mm -hmm. like bringing people out, doing church assessment. What, what does that look like? And what do you think are some of the benefits of that for churches to consider? Yeah, we're doing that with your church. I'm taking my administrator, my children's ministry director, and uh, some of our other teams. And we're, we're coming out to do an assessment at your church. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I would start by saying that there is a, I'll use an example. If you're, if you're listing your home and you were to get a real estate agent, one of the things that they'll do is they'll come into your home and they'll take a look around. And it's remarkable what they see, this, this fresh set of eyes that comes into your home and things that just become part of the, just part of the, they become invisible to you, you know, that you have out on the counter or whatever. And you have somebody with a fresh set of eyes comes in and they can, they can see things. And so that's what we do with our church assessments is we will, we will go in and with a critical eye and an encouraging spirit, we'll go in and assess the church and be able to point out, here's, here's some, some strengths that, that you need to continue to lean into. Here's, here's some opportunities for, for growth or improvement that we see that you could focus on. And it's just those, those practical things. I think it's really helpful. Like I'm excited about doing it. I think in the past I would have viewed it as like, oh no, Ted's going to come <laughs> and it's going to be like, he's going to see all the things we're doing wrong and I'm going to be so embarrassed. Right. But, but I think I've come to a place now where I'm like, in order for us to grow, we need somebody who can help us see the things that we don't see. Right. Who knows the things that we don't know. Right. Otherwise, how are we going to get beyond where we are? Well, and isn't that what we tell guys when we're sending them out to plant churches? I, you know, I'll tell, you know, pastors that I've trained and sent out what, what's going to kill you isn't what you don't know. It's what you don't know that you don't know. And so in the same way, when, when we go out to do an assessment, sometimes it's just something that, you know, a person doesn't know, a team doesn't know, they, they, they haven't realized that, you know, and it, sometimes we'll go out and I'm, and I'm, and I see something they're doing. And I'm like, we're ripping that off. That's fantastic. That's brilliant. And then that gives me an opportunity to be able, it just, it just strengthens me to be able to, to counsel other people in, in our coaching network. Really cool. So last topic I wanted to talk to you about, I know that your church is developing a missions training school. Could you yeah. just speak about that for a few minutes? Yeah. This goes towards what I just said. What, what's going to kill you isn't what you don't know. It's what you don't know that you don't know. And so our missions training school is to really teach those who desire to either go out and plant a church domestically or you know, plant a church internationally, go you know, on the mission field, serve as a, as a worship leader or you know, some, some aspect of ministry. We want to we teach them how the sausage is made. And so you can get an academic understanding of what it is you, you think you want to do. But what we do is we're, we rotate people through. So, for example, you won't do this with, every, with everyone. If you have somebody who wants to be involved in worship ministry, pretty much they're going to get an intensive worship internship. But let's say you have somebody who wants to go out and plant a church. What we're going to do is we're going to rotate them strategically through all of the critical infrastructure of our church. So they'll spend a couple of months in administration. They'll spend a couple of months in the children's ministry. They'll spend a couple of months in our operations department and and they're doing that strategically so that they can learn how the sausage is made 
not that they need to go out and replicate replicate and do exactly what we're doing, but they can have an understanding of, you know, what's important. And, you know, what I'm about to say is, you know, the, it, it depends geographically where you're at. But in our context, for, for example, in Southern California, you know, you have you have basically four critical components that that absolutely have to be a part of a, of a church plant and that you have to give strong considerations to. So you think of it like four legs on a stool. One is children's ministry. One is your preaching. One is your worship. And the fourth one is a fellowship component. And the idea there is that, you know, people aren't looking for a friendly church. They're looking for a friend at church. And so you have to strategically consider how are we meeting each one of these needs? And, and in our context, the, the absolute most important leg on that stool is children's ministry. Because, and you would say, oh, well, isn't it the preaching of the word? Yes, of course. The preaching of the word is fundamental. But if you don't have a good children's ministry and people show up at your church, they're not going to stay long enough for the teaching. They're going to, they're going to sacrifice everything on, on, on the altar of, you know, where, where are my kids happy? Where are they fed? So, and again, that's our Southern California context. But when I'm sending a, a guy out to start a church, I'm telling him, you have to give very strong consideration to what your children's ministry looks like and how you're caring for those kids. Because if, if you don't do that, the people are not going to stick around. And we have cautionary tales that back this up, that we've seen guys go out who, you know, were rock stars in the context where they were in the Bible college or whatever. They're very gifted teachers. And, oh man, that's fantastic. But then they, they go out to, to plant church and they really kind of approach some of these things as an afterthought. And man, that, that can really cause you trouble. So that's the idea of this ministry training is to be able to say, okay, look, get, a, get an appreciation for what the systems and, and structure is, why system and structure, and then, okay, take that into the vision and the context to where, you know, you're going, but at least you've got that working knowledge. If someone wants to know more about that, where can they find more info? ReliantChurch.org. Um, okay. Info, ReliantChurch.org. And, yeah. Ted, what are you excited about for the future of CGN? <laughs> I'm massively excited about uh, the fact that CGN is committed to, uh, to making disciples and planting churches. And that, you know, that's my personal wheelhouse right now. I'm in what I would consider the fourth quarter of my ministry. And I'm giving myself in this fourth quarter to planting churches and to sending out as many church planners and missionaries as we possibly can from our church. And that's the heartbeat of CGN, and I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ted. Yes. Thanks, Ted. This is great. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CGN Mission and Methods podcast. In our next episode, Pastor Brian and I will be speaking with Jeff Geip. Jeff was a successful businessman in Southern California who left a thriving business to plant a church on the Newport coast. Recently, Jeff moved to Tennessee and he leads the funding team for CGN. Jeff will be discussing some of the ways that we can do more together as a network of churches than we can separately. And he'll be sharing some stories of how that is already happening and what the fruit of that has been. New episodes will be released every two weeks, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast so those episodes will be delivered to your device as soon as they come out. We'd love to hear feedback from you on these episodes, 
you can email us at cgn at calvarychapel.com. And if you'd like to support this podcast, one of the best ways you can do that is by giving us a rating and review on your podcast app. Written reviews are particularly helpful in helping boost this content so other people can find it and benefit from it. Until next time, God bless you. Hi friends, Brian Broderson here, and I want to let you know about the CGN International Pastors and Leaders Conference coming up here at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, June 25th through the 28th. Our theme this year is the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And oh, how we need the Spirit of God uh, to be upon us in these days. So we're going to be digging down into that great text from Isaiah 61. We're going to be looking at all the different facets of it. we got a number of great voices that are going to be speaking to us. We're going to have times of prayer and worship and lots of fellowship and enjoying meals together and all kinds of wonderful things. So if you would like to be part of this conference coming up in June, uh, please get signed up today. You can do that at conference.calvarychapel.com. Once again, that is the CGN International Pastors and Leaders Conference, June 25th to the 28th. Hope to see you there.